Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. So Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island. It's great for surfing. It's got a culture. Like you feel like you've really gone somewhere far and you don't need a passport, which honestly I do really enjoy. It's a beautiful island. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. The water, the beaches, the vibe. It's a great place. It really is. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I have two sons, so I spent a lot of time trying to raise good men, right? Men that are kind to women, Mm -hmm. men that understand their duties, men that have responsibility. And I think lesbians should raise all the men because they're super macho and yet sensitive at the same time. Hi, it's your friend Bethany, who is turning 50, and that sounds like a big, bad number to so many people. I remember thinking that I had to have my whole life wrapped up in my early 20s, which is presumably why I stopped trying to be an actress, why I got married at 26. My friends were getting married. Our our friend group was doing that. I think that was sort of the last of that generation that really got married on the younger side. And even in my 30s, I mean... Not, you know, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, I was getting insufficient. I mean, it was a little over 11 years ago, getting insufficient funds at the ATM, writing checks that were bouncing, not able to afford a taxi downtown in Manhattan. And still in my late 30s, I did not know what was going to happen to me. So I look at the trajectory from my late 30s to now. I was a late bloomer uh, in my career. I was always driven, I was always determined, but I always was a hard worker and I always was moving forward on the road. And I have a beautiful daughter, like I got my beautiful daughter. I 
have a career that is unfathomable. I have an amazing impact in the world from a philanthropic standpoint. So by and large, I, you know, I'm happy. And, you know, I've experienced a great loss. I I lost somebody who I knew for 32 years who was a constant in my life, who was not going to leave me. God, I'm going to cry. You know, like everybody else seems to have done in my, you know, quote unquote family life. He was someone who I could always go to Thanksgiving with or, you know, feel like I had a family. And that's really hard. So I've suffered loss and heartache and a challenging, abusive childhood. And I think that I've come out okay. And I know that I'm raising a beautiful and wonderful daughter. So my girlfriend's turned 50 recently also, and she's, oh, it's dreadful and it's over. And, you know, I'm like, you're wealthy, you're healthy, your kids are thriving. Shut up. Look at the glass half full. Look at what you've accomplished. It's so vain and superficial to care. This is my process. This is my journey. This is where I am. I am 50. I am proud. This is what I look like. These are my dark circles. These are my wrinkles. This is what it is. This is me in pajamas. This is me crying. This is what it is. And I'm proud. So the dedication today is to anyone at whatever their age is. This is 50. This is my 50. My 50 is not somebody else's. This is my 50. It's the true 50. And it's a hard-earned 50. So happy birthday to myself. I'm excited about my conversation today with journalist Kara Swisher. She is a powerhouse. She has worked in journalism for decades, and she also founded the technology news site Recode. She has conducted some of the most hard-hitting interviews with the world's most influential people. She is a gangster. She calls people out. She's like a watchdog that just holds people accountable. So I am so honored and excited that I got to interview her. I'm pinching myself about the guests that we are getting. It's bananas. And I know you're going to love this conversation. So let's get to it. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm really excited um, because for me, you know, from reading about you, you are way more informed about what's going on in the world of business and tech and yeah. really, really just current and on the pulse of of sort of everything that's going on, positive and negative. And truthfully, you tweeted that amazing tweet, which was just sort of putting you, me, and Hillary in the same context. Yeah, I and like lit. to tweet Hillary a lot. I do that online a lot to her because she's a very do? good tweeter. Yeah, oh yeah, I know her very well. Oh, um, you know her well. Yeah, I've interviewed her uh, three times. I'm going to interview her tonight, actually, uh, for oh. a podcast. Yeah, uh, so oh. I know her really well. So I've interviewed her three times, and now this will be the fourth. Oh, wow. Okay, so then yeah. I absolutely, I was going to thank you, but I have to give you a bigger thank you. I'm absolutely certain that she would not have come on my podcast yeah. had you not created that dialogue, and oh, well, and good. I was grateful. And then I just cool. said, okay, let's all come on. And so I'm, I'm appreciative that you're here because I know how major you are and your time is obviously very valuable. I appreciate and relate to your fearlessness, but there's some point where you just sort of lit the match and were like, all right, I'm taking this thing all the way. I've got this. And this is what I want to know. And this is what we're doing. So how do you run this show? 
I have to tell you, it's, I was like this when I was a kid. I was very uh, outspoken when I was a kid. It was irritating to my mom and continues to be to this day, I think. I mean, I, my mom always loves to tell the story when I was uh, in, I don't know, third grade or something. I walked out of class and said, I already know this and I'm not going to stay here any longer until you get me something fresh. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. I think some people are just born a certain way that uh, kind of bold and outspoken and I didn't, I didn't suffer, perhaps maybe because I was gay, that I worried about what men thought of me, I guess, in some ways. A lot of, I think, women hold back a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it sort of f- freed me. I mean, I did grow up in a period when being gay was not a, a positive thing for uh, Absolutely. people. Absolutely. Um, and I'm older. But I think I just was like, you know what? They don't like me anyway, so whatever. I'll just, like, they have reasons that are ridiculous for not liking me, so what do I care? And it wasn't not caring as much as I will do what I want and I will try to be, you know, fair. And I I don't think if you go to a lot of people I interview, because I'm pretty tough on people, they'll say I'm unfair. I think it's just tough. And that's a very different, that's what I go for, at least. That's what I go for. That's what my partners always say about me. They say she's tough, but fair. Yeah. So they know what they're getting. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, if you're straight up and also, you know, I don't know about you. I'm not big on foreplay. I'm not interested in a lot of like small talk about how was your summer? I don't give a good fuck. So it's more about like, let's get to the meat of the matter. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think it works actually. And I, I do think that in work, if you're like that, you can either go two ways. You can get sort of the reputation for a woman. I'm just talking about a woman of being a bitch, which I think people, uh, you know, love to like throw that around. Mm -hmm. But I think if you just keep plowing through that, that people just stop at some point because it's not really effective unless you let it affect you. That doesn't, minimize the fact that a lot of women who don't have the same kind of attitude don't suffer for it because they have to edit themselves constantly. They have to sort of play the good girl. They've got to worry about the tonality of what they're saying. You know, there's so much talent locked in so many people that gets pushed down in a lot of ways. And that's where I I worry, especially if you're a person of color or you're a woman, or if you're not comfortable in that environment, you tend not to thrive well. I, I think about that a lot in tech because you know, there's a lot of white guys in tech. That's it. That's It's just the numbers are speak for themselves. And you wonder why that is. And I think a lot, not necessarily about bringing people into these tech companies, for example, that I cover. It's more about how do you keep them there and what kind of environment do you have so that lots of people feel more comfortable? Well, it seems like the environments that you're walking into where you want to get information, <laughs> the tone has to be set immediately. You've already said it because of your reputation, but it has to be set immediately because these guys think that they are all powerful. They've become God. So you have to walk into these guys that really, you know, supermodels are running after nerdy tech dorks. And so you're having to walk in and say, okay, that's all great and wonderful that you have all this money, but now what are you going to do and how are you going to hold yourself responsible? So how do you do that? And how did you get into that world? Tech, uh, it was interesting because I was covering, I was at the Washington Post and I sort of was headed for one of those traditional Washington Post careers, which is be covering politics. You know, that was sort of the thing at the Washington Post. That was the winner. The winners did that, I guess. Not that there's amazing reporters all over that paper, but that was sort of at the time the big, the big game at the Post. And I was, I was so uninterested in politics. I just was like, this is ridiculous. There was a little too much closeness between the press and the people they cover. And there was just, it just was like, it seemed like endlessly... Uh, you know, bullshit. I just was like, I can't imagine typing this stuff all day. And when I saw the internet for the first time, I was like, oh, this is going to be big. 
You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was very hard to deny it. And a lot of people did. They thought it was going to be, someone called it CB radio to me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, if you could reach out and talk to someone across, it was very Star Trek, right? And I I was a fan of Star Trek and Star Wars and things like that. And I was like, oh, there's going to be a worldwide information system with these computers and they're going to be in your pocket. And I kept saying that and everybody ignored me. (laughs) It was funny. So I just, I don't know why I, I saw it before other people. I think a lot of people did, but I was one of the people who was in media who did. And so I immediately said, what am I going to do? What's going to be affected? And, and I don't know, you, you're an entrepreneur. So, right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, when you see something and other people don't see it, Mm -hmm. you go, oh, yes, yes, yes. This is what's going to happen, right? Whether it's, you know, selling food or creating companies or whatever you're doing, it doesn't matter. If you see an opening, you see it. And so I just did because I think I'm entrepreneurial. And I immediately said, where can I go to write about this? And where can I go to understand it. And then I immediately said, I got to get out of Silicon Valley. This is where it's happening. And did for the Wall Street Journal and started covering. What has been the most controversial sort of unearthing that you've experienced or someone who you really, who we all look at as some major visionary that we would all be intimidated by and that you just called them out on their shit and held their feet to the fire and they had to be accountable to you. I think Mark Zuckerberg. I think I've been very tough on Mark Zuckerberg. And a lot of the stuff I have been writing about for years, now people are like, oh, I see. You know what I mean? Like, I I think I was one of the first to say, a single person having this much power over the world's communications is dangerous. There is no, you know, this stuff that's going on on this platform is unregulated. Not, I don't mean about government regulation. It's that they are, they're running it badly and, and there's all kinds of damage we're not seeing. And so I think I was really one of the first to start to call attention to that um, rather loudly. And I kept writing pieces saying this guy, and I, I've done a series of interviews with him that it, haven't been very good for him. Um, okay. We did one in w- where he sweat like crazy. I was asking about privacy. I remember. I've seen that. <laughs> and then we did one recently where, two years ago, uh, where he talked about, he and I had an argument about Alex Jones, who was breaking rules on his platform constantly, and mm-hmm. he continued to let him do that, which I thought, you know, if you make rules, why are you letting people break them? And Alex Jones was the guy who who's the broadcaster who was lying about the the people that were killed, the children that were killed in Sandy Hook. And I was like, why are you letting him spread lies and misinformation across your platform? This is not responsible. And we argued about that. And he shifted very quickly to the Holocaust, and which I was like, oh, that's not a good place to go for someone who's not as intellectually, doesn't right. have enough throughput to discuss this major issue. Yeah. And he started saying that Holocaust deniers don't mean to lie. And I was like, oh, I think that's their whole business is that, you know, right. so we ended up having a debate about that. And he just this past week has suddenly decided they do lie and he's going to take them off the platform. And so, you know, a lot of stuff that I have targeted at Facebook is I like Mark Zuckerberg, by the way, he's a lovely guy. You like him? Yeah, as a person. Sure. Yeah. As a leader of that company, not so much. Well, that's design. I mean, there's a designer who can do amazing fashion clothes and then they want to <laughs> run their business and they run into the ground. Well, except that in his case, in a fashion designer, dress comes out, it's bad. In his case, QAnon takes over Facebook. And, you know, QAnon is, is so nebulous and weird and strange. And if they're allowed these without any kind of editorial discretion, it creates, you know, or 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 anti-vaxxers or whatever. It just it becomes this. It, there's no... Um, Everything is dependent on when he gets figures out that it's problematic, and that's a real problem for me. And for, that's because, what you're there for to hope, yeah, be like, exactly. Here, oh, yeah. Well, then they then they actually should be they should be grateful for you, but you could save a lot of lawsuits. No, they're not. You honestly they're not could save a lot of lawsuits. <laughs> 
Uh, they're not grateful. They're not grateful. <laughs> well, I am. And I think Mark really does deserve credit for understanding. Social networks had been around previously, lots of them. And he understood how, what he did, made, he made all the right choices in terms of doing it. And at the same time, he didn't do his job as a, as a manager to really, once it got big, to understand the implications. I think he understands it now. I think he didn't anticipate it. Yes. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. Oh, yeah. 
And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. So you're in your personal life and your relationship, mm-hmm. how is it to be? So I'm a strong person. It's not someone has to be able to handle me. Someone has to be able to mm-hmm. do the dance with me, do the mm-hmm. waltz with me, the proverbial waltz. How, what is yeah. it like to be? I've read about you in Us Magazine, just saying. Oh, great. <laughs> you get a lot of attention. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> yeah. You're in the tabloids a lot better. Than I know. Me. It's I'm, I was only in the tabloid once when I had a baby. <laughs> Oh, you were? Oh, it was terrible. They kept speculating whether Jeff Bezos was the father of my child, which he is not. So no, it was very really no, And that was the end of my tabloid career, pretty much. That's hysterical. Yeah. What's the dynamic of your relationship? You're married? Mm-hmm. Yes, I just got married again. Yeah. Oh, yes, congratulations. Yes. yes, I call it the triumph of hope over experience. So I was married for many years to a woman. We got married when people weren't getting married and we had two kids. And I have an 18-year-old who's at NYU and a 15-year-old who's here. Uh, I'm in, living in Washington now because he's in school here. And my ex-wife and I got divorced, very amicable. But it was it was okay. It was, you know, you know how divorces go. I, I do. Um, uh, and uh, and so we raised the kids together, but just a, a couple of years ago, two years ago, I met someone else on a blind date, and we just got married, and we had a baby a year ago. Oh, so. nice. Congratulations. So I, you know, I have everyone I've been with, including my ex-wife and my current wife, you know, they're obviously, they give give it back to me a lot. I think both of them were people in their own right and didn't, you know, they don't, they, they certainly tell me the truth, which is really helpful um, in a partner. I don't know if you like that or not, but they they spend yes. a lot of time calling me on stuff. And especially when I sort of, you know how the work tends to bleed into your personal life sometimes, your work personality? <laughs> yes, I do. Um, so it's, you know, they're different. I, I wouldn't say I'm that different, but it's definitely the, the techniques you use at work should not be used in the home in most of the time. I think having kids has been a really important part of my life. People are always surprised how many children I have, and I'm a busy person, but I spend a lot of time, especially these gay people at my time when I had kids, were not having children. Like I, We were one of the earlier people to have kids. And so I understand the value and importance of how much I wanted kids like how, and how hard it was to be able to have them, not physically because it was I got pregnant really quickly, but how important it was. And so I spent a lot of time thinking about my kids like and, and focused on them and focused on the family unit more than almost anything else that I do aside from my work. It's a compartmentalized life. Mm-hmm. But wh- I mean, what do your kids think do they understand what yeah. you do? Well, I have two sons. The older kids are sons. And I spent a lot of time really making sure they understood the world itself, you know, and I, especially because of the privilege they have. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to do this like, oh, you should understand your privilege. But I want them to understand their place in the world and how, what was easy for them and what they need to try harder on and how they need to open their eyes a little bit better. And so I spent a lot of time trying to raise good men 
right? Men that are kind to women, Mm -hmm. men that understand their duties, men that have responsibility. And I think I've done really well. I always think lesbians should raise all the men because they're super macho and yet sensitive at the same time. So um, (laughs) they should. Lesbians have good sons. They really are. They're like great guys. That's such an interesting detail. I like that. (laughs) That's a good thing to know. They're like, there's no like, I don't know. It's just they're they're really very, uh, and and I, I also encourage them to argue like with me and everyone else. Like they we have like really fascinating discussions about all kinds of things, and I want them to sort of understand the whole gamut of people's opinions and everything, and not like you know we live we grew up they grew up in San Francisco, so you have a certain like you're going to have a certain group of people there. But at the same time, they were very aware of the whole world. And with the little girl, which is I have a little girl now, a very different and interesting thing that I have to really. Think think about. It happens to be a super sunny child. As you know, kids are different. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot more about women's place because I have a daughter. You know, I don't worry as much about my sons because I think they have an advantage. No matter, you know what I mean? White man in America really is not educated white man with money in America is not my biggest worry. All things being equal, not having other issues. And so I think a lot now about raising a daughter and what are the signals that are really important to try to stress so that she feels confident. There are, you know, no matter how you slice it, there's still the the, the massive amounts of sexism that still exists. I, I face it not with me, but watching it in the tech sector and the numbers, even when people have the best of intentions, right? It's still, it's ever, it's pervasive. How has being a woman and a gay woman helped you? Like in what ways have you found it to be an asset? Well, personally, it was very difficult the early years because it was a different period of time. Like, I think the world has changed quite drastically for gay people, although some of the recent uh, rumblings from the Supreme Court are disturbing, to say the least. But I do think that I do tend to, you know, I don't want to say I I do better in business because I'm a lesbian, because I don't think that's necessarily true. But I do think that often it changes dynamics with men, both positively and negatively. In many ways, men do want to get along with women. And I'm an easier person to get along with because there's no, there's none of that, like, there's there's no, like, ang- there's nothing between us. And so we can have a, just w- whatever the relationship is, a business relationship. Ah, uh, um, which is never going to be the, 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 the nuance <laughs> yeah, of the flirt. Never happened. Got never it. Happened got it. Okay. So, um, but that's not, I don't think everything's sexualized, but there is an element of, you know, history and things like that and people relate to each other and one of the things that is negative though is sometimes when i'm you know especially with venture capitalists who not most of whom enough that is irritating are kind of really sexist or say rude things right and they often say like they're like oh she's good looking kara what do you think and i'm like uh still a feminist still a feminist like may may (laughs) like women but really don't want to talk objectify women if you don't mind it happens all the time like men are always like whoa what do you think of her you know butt and i'm like and scene and we're back moving along still a feminist like (laughs) that's i gotta tell you i don't talk about women's butts like sorry like maybe to myself in my own head but not to you sounds to me like when you're talking to men you're disarming in some way to them or you're you're unsettling (laughs) And it sounds to me like those are the conversations you own the most for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't know. I hadn't thought of that. That's an interesting question. I don't, uh, I think I could be, I've had some very tough, speaking of Sheryl Sandberg, um, I've done some very tough interviews with her, Susan Wojcicki, who's the head of YouTube. And I have gone round after round around, you know, some of the disinformation on that platform. So I don't know if they're that different. There just happens to be more men that I cover, right? So there's, yes. there's by, like most of the CEOs are, are men. At the same time, I've had some really, 
lively interviews, which I think are really fun, with Mark Cuban. He and I have a really, or Elon Musk, who's certainly controversial on some issues. I just did a podcast with him on the Sway podcast for the Times, and it was lively. You know what I mean? And I, I think it's just because it was Elon Musk, not because he's a man or a woman. I think it just depends on the person. Some of them are very lively and fun, and some of them are tough, and some of them are are you know, very serious. So it just depends. Now, this is going to be real controversial. So question. Sure. So I am a, mm-hmm. I am a heterosexual woman. Mm-hmm. I go, I'm going on a date. Mm-hmm. You think I should pay the check? Yes. Are you richer? Uh, I don't know. I didn't, I, I like to get a W2. You perceive, <laughs> you perceive that me. you're richer? Uh, hopefully not, but, uh, I don't know. I really don't know. So if I'm rich, I think the rich person should pay the check. That's all. That's my rule. Whoever has more money pays the check. Whoever, Whoever is has- perceptually has more money pays the check. I think that's fine. I, I don't know. Maybe you could go back and forth. I always pay the check. You always pay the check. You're in a you're in a relationship with a woman, and yeah. I think that it's different. So I'm setting women back. So just be prepared for this for a second, and don't please don't hold it against. If you want him to pay the check, you do that. You be you. You know, I don't know what to say. Like, no, it's, I see. Yeah, I get it. I, I got you speechless. Be, that was perfect. You, you want to be taken care of is what you're actually saying. Exactly. Sometimes you don't want to be the one in charge and you want to be taken care of. So say that. Say, can you pay the check? Because I feel like being taken care of. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that was good. You was, be you, Bethany. Thank you. You be you. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, 
would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you very tech savvy personally? Can you get on anything, do anything, figure anything out? You're helping your kids, the whole thing. Yes, like- they cannot hide from us because their other mom was the CTO of America and is as an MIT on the board of MIT and the and a Google executive was a oh. former. So my kids can't get anything past us. We're like, oh really? We can call the head of Instagram and deal with that if you. Oh like. my god! <laughs> anything you can get into anything, log into anything, figure any app out, do all this. I we're mean, not I'm- hackers, but we. No, can, I don't mean that. Good. But if you yeah. wanted to be, you probably could be. Um, <laughs> Well, I don't know enough. I don't think I have enough to be a really good hacker, but I certain we certainly we're good. We're very early adopters. I would say that we had all the early tech stuff in the house way before other people. Well, did. that's hot to me. <laughs> so you love oysters. Where are your favorite oysters? I have oysters. San Francisco oysters are the best. Oysters. I'm sorry, up in Point Reyes. You uh, like the smaller uh, ones, not the larger. Smaller ones, okay. right? Exactly. And I know the Long Island ones are good, but I love the ones in San Francisco, outside of San Francisco. I think they're amazing. And I actually taught my youngest child to shuck oysters because he had to be able to do it for me. So he's oh, really? really? So at our recent wedding, someone gave us two dozen oysters from Rhode Island, which were delicious, I have to say. In a, at a picnic in the park, we did a birthday party for the baby who was a year old. And my son shucked all the oysters. And they were like, how did you do that? I said it was a requirement of my, being my child to be able to uh, shuck oysters. So he's, he's really good. oyster shucking camp, of course. I'm, it's very common. You know what? I'm going to get him a job. That's what he's going to do next summer. That's amazing. Really yeah. And the other one is a great cook. My other son is is an amazing cook. And so he cooks, like I was talking to the two of them last night, we were making a cake for my ex because it's her birthday today. And, um, and my oldest son was like, I was like, are you cooking Thanksgiving dinner? And he's like, well, who else would? It would taste terrible if you all did it. And so he's, oh, cooking, the whole, awesome. he's cooking the whole Thanksgiving. Again, I say lesbians should raise all the men. You I agree. I'm going to put that on my dating profile. They're I both only, really straight, too. I, like, I, the I, whole only thing want, I only want to meet a man who has a lesbian as a mother. It's going to narrow it down, but I, I'll do it. Um, uh, 
did you know who I was before you? Yes, of course. I watched you on The Apprentice. I was, I'm the only person in America who watched all The Apprentices, my friend. Oh, okay. People are always like, oh, you don't like Trump. I'm like, I watched all The Apprentices. I don't like him, but my friend, I watched all The Apprentices. And of course, you were my one of my favorite characters. Oh, on the thank whole thing. you. Well, you're you, an I, you knew you were going to win right from the start. I don't remember exact stuff, but I was like, oh, she's going to smoke every single person. That is that really show. sweet. Well, yeah, you were good. I appreciate that. Who was the judge when you were on the Martha Bethany? Stewart? Was Ooh. it Martha? I know yeah. Martha really well. Yeah. Oh, oh well, Martha well, was that's the delightful judge. for you. Enjoy yeah. That. <laughs> she's, a, she's a, you know that's, what? Martha has deployed a lot of entrepreneurial fields in ways that people, I, I, I get that people have issues around her, but she certainly is an entrepreneur. She has um, issues around me. I don't really have any issues around oh, she her. Does. She's, yeah. Woo-y. Oh, was she mean to you on the show? I don't remember. Well, I can't uh. remember exactly, but the words might have been, um, you are pushy, you're a show off, and you're not entirely necessary here at Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia. But oh, I don't, well, then I would have said, thank you. Thank right. you for the compliments. Yes, thank yes, you. yes. <laughs> I'm sure that ruined your life. I'm sure that ruined your life and yeah. stopped you in your the, tracks. Yeah, it seems to. Yeah, really you were great. You were great on the show. So I, I actually am very aware of who you are. And, and I'm fascinated by your businesses. I'm fascinated by... Uh, I'm really interested when people do things. I'm, when I went into the store, I'm like, huh, that's a good idea. That's an interesting. I'm always interested in entrepreneurs, no matter what they do. They don't have to be tech entrepreneurs. Oh, so. okay. Well, I'm so grateful for you taking no the time problem. and I respect you. And I just wanted to ask your mantra. So yeah, I got one. No is a complete sentence. <gasps> yes. Oh my God. Yeah. No is a complete sentence. All right. There you go. All Thank right. you. No problem, Bethany. Thanks a lot. she did not disappoint you know we had a little bit of sort of like back and forth I don't want to say sparring but she's not somebody who is going to just agree with you which I love and I mean these conversations are making us all smarter let's just be honest I mean she has a point of view she has an opinion she's not combative you know you'd think because this woman holds people accountable and like major multi-billionaire tech people accountable that she's just going to come and swinging and it wasn't like that at all it was a really evolved intelligent informative conversation with a woman who is really she has she yields power I mean that's the bottom line and yet she's still you know just a mom dealing with homeschooling so keep listening and keep continuing to rate review and subscribe we have unbelievable success in the launch of this podcast thanks to you It's just proving the basic rule. If you love what you do, you'll be successful at it because I love doing this more than anything else that I'm doing. Just Be is hosted and executive produced by me, Bethany Frankel, Be Real Productions, and Endeavor Content. Our managing producer is Samantha Allison, and our producer is Caroline Hamilton. Corey Preventure is our consulting producer with the ever-faithful Sarah Katanak as our assistant producer. Our development executive is Nayantara Roy. Just Be is a production of Endeavor Content and Spoke Media. This episode was mixed by Sam Baer. And to catch more moments from the show, follow us on Instagram at Just Be With Beth. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. 
Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts.